you can't be afraid to make mistakes because you are going to make mistakes. And I've always told my models this when um, we cast them for shows, we do small trainings on, on walking and, and things like that. And, and I always tell them that don't be afraid to fall because you're going to fall. At some point, you're going to, you know, turn an ankle, you're going to step down a stair, you're going to do something and you're going to fall. I mean, I did that in Las Vegas in front of a couple thousand people while being broadcast all over the nation. You're going to fall. <laughs> you can't let that like that fear keep you from from doing what you're doing and doing it your best. That's Kat Wanvik. I'm Greg Baird. You're listening to the Photo Gregor podcast. Welcome to the Photo Gregor podcast. I'm Greg Baird. Today on the program, we have Kat Wanvik. She is a model, a model coordinator. She's got three university degrees in biology, chemistry, and computer engineering. She is an all-around renaissance woman, I guess you'd say. Uh, had a great conversation with her, and I hope you love this episode. Um, Kat, welcome to the show. Thank you so much for having me, Greg. You're welcome. I want to do a series of quick questions. So I want one word answers for this little bit. Okay. Shoot. All right. Okay. <laughs> so I, I kind of want to spell out in very short terms why I think you're fascinating. And I'm going to start with just asking you, is it true that you um, are a model? Yes. And you're also a model coordinator. Yes. And you have a couple of university degrees. Yes. Say which subjects? Biology, chemistry, and computer science. All right. See, that's enough. And uh, <laughs> uh, and you're also a go-go dancer. Yes. Awesome. And you swear like a sailor. Hell yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, last thing, you've done all this before the age of 15. No. Oh, okay. <laughs> um, well, regardless of your age, I just think that so many things that you've done that I've seen have been really interesting. And I want to kind of start off by telling people how I met you. I went to uh, an open call for photographers and models and uh, Kat was there and I shot with her and she is like, she's definitely a model. It was amazing. And she was super nice. But since then we've just been bantering back and forth on social media and I've come to know her as a pretty good person too. So that's why you're on the show. Well, thank you. That's so kind. You're welcome. Any any rebuttals to what I said? <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. I mean, the first time we met, that was the first meetup that I'd ever done. So I was really nervous. I'm surprised that you thought I did super well. Um, you were nervous. That yeah. was that was my first like foray into just non amateur um, photography. I was really, I felt like I didn't belong. No way. You walked right up to me and you said, "Hey, do you want to shoot?" And I said, yes. And we did it. And it was great. Awesome. Um, <laughs> and I also have loved the banter on social media. You definitely uh, keep me in check sometimes. So I appreciate that. Oh, well, awesome. Thank you. I, I, I like people and I think, I don't think that's a mystery, um, mm -hmm. but I like to engage people and I like to just, I don't know, people are really interesting. Mm -hmm. And if you're respectful, you can learn a lot and have a lot of fun with people. Absolutely. I agree. So let's talk about, uh, first of all, let's talk about your university degrees. You've got three degrees mm -hmm. and I kind of want you to kind of 
let us know. How did that happen? I mean, you don't, you don't just fall into a degree. You don't just end up there. You get there, right? Yeah. Yeah. Um, so my story is kind of um, interesting and unique. And it starts when I was 18. Um, I technically graduated high school a year late because, you know, I flew off the handle, was a big old rebel and didn't need school and education. And if I was destined to just work, you know, fast food for the rest of my life, why did I need it? Um, and that's what I believed. And I walked into an Apple store with my grandmother one day and um, one of the people working there said, hey, you seem really friendly. You should work here. And I just laughed and was like, no way. But I applied anyways. And I started working for Apple when I was 18. Like doing repair or customer service or what? I started out in customer service and then quickly moved up to technical support. And then I became a genius, which is a really fun job title. Like officially a genius yeah. or, or Apple-wise a, an a Apple, genius? An Apple genius, yeah. <laughs> okay. They're the ones who um, diagnose, troubleshoot, and repair computers. Okay. Um, so as a genius, I was doing all of that and I thought it was really interesting and really fun. And, and I thought, you know, someday maybe I could work for corporate Apple. So I started talking to management and, uh, they said, well, you need a degree. You can't really go any higher than genius without having a degree. Mm. And so I was like, all right, I, so I need to go to school. I can't pay for that. And they said, we'll pay for it. And I said, okay, I'll wait, go to wait, they paid for your school. Yeah. They, they do tuition reimbursement. Oh, yeah. that's awesome. Yep. Did they kind of give you any direction as, as ways that, uh, types of degrees that could help you? Um, they said as long as I had an associate's minimum, okay. um, then, then you can usually work your way up in the company. Okay. Um, but just in, just an associate's two year degree, whatever you want, really, um, you just need a degree, which I thought was interesting, but, um, yeah. So I said, okay, I'll go to the community college. I'll do it part-time and I'll get my associates. So I started doing an associate's in computer science at my local community college here. And I thought I would love to work for corporate, but I don't want to be stuck with one company. So what if I continued and did a bachelor's in computer engineering, and then I can go on and do computer engineering for any company anywhere. Um, but I thought that once you had an associate's, a bachelor's would only take two years and it doesn't work that way. Oh, no. So, uh, <laughs> yeah. So I transferred to the U. I'm, I show up all bright-eyed and bushy-tailed, run into my advisor's office and find out that I've got another four years ahead of me. And so I said, all right, Whoa. let's do this. Is that yeah. because your pre prerequisites didn't count? The general education requirements were waived. Um, but the classes that you have to take are such that you have to take one before the other and then that one before another one. And it ends up taking four years regardless. Uh, so an, uh, a student who starts there as a freshman yeah. would take those classes in that order and then wedge in your, your, your general ed stuff. Exactly. And you already had the general ed, mm -hmm. but okay. Yeah. That makes sense. And for those listening who don't know what the U is, that's not Miami. That's the university of Utah. And that's in Utah. That's what we call it is the U because if you go to Salt Lake, you look up on the, on the mountainside, there is a great big U right up above the mountain in, I think it's concrete right above the school. So mm -hmm. it's the U that's the U and BYU, the rival school is the Y because there's a Y on the mountain. It's just, it's a Utah thing. You wouldn't understand. <laughs> um, <laughs> so, so you got a four year degree yeah. in computer science. So I, I got my associates in computer science. Um, and then when I started at the U, um, hated 
engineering. I am a people person, similar to you. <laughs> and um, engineering students are not people people. I had to bribe well, them with snacks to study with me. There like, goes half my audience. It just, <laughs> sorry. <laughs> my engineering crowd, yeah. the, the, the thoughts of my guests do not necessarily reflect the ideas of the host. <laughs> no, I get, I get what you're saying though. Yeah. Like, like, yeah, they're shy, they're nervous. They can be. Yeah. And, and you're a model. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, I, I, I do get it. I started yeah. off as an engineer Yeah. and uh, I'm a people person too. And I left mm. for the same reason, honestly. Yeah. It, it, it gets lonely and it's, it's hard to be passionate about something and want to share that with people who don't want to share it back with you. Um, and so it became, I became increasingly more lonely. Um, and it's difficult. It's a very difficult subject. Um, very, you're on your own kind of subject. Um, and you need that support group. Yeah. Yeah. And lonely and support group don't go together very well. Right. Exactly. Okay. So at the, at the same time I was taking my first ever biology course, it was just intro biology class and I absolutely loved it. And I was thinking one day about how when I worked for Apple, I used a lot of analogies to explain to people how their computer systems worked. Mm. And I, I usually focused on the human body because everyone has a body. Most people understand kind of how it works. Oh, kind of, kind of like the brain talks to the spinal cord, talks to the yep. feet kind of thing. Exactly. Okay. Yep. That's exactly it. And um, I realized that doctors were kind of just geniuses, you know, Apple geniuses, but for bodies. And how, you know, if I could go to college and I can get out of this mindset of, you know, I'm, I'm just going to work fast food for the rest of my life. Why can't I go on to be a doctor or why can't I go on to be a lawyer? Uh, why am I limiting myself um, to, to this thing if I don't love it? Um, so I completely changed trajectory and um, started to major in biology. And I was taking chemistry at the time and needed to fill the time in my schedule because I had finished my general education requirements. And I said, okay, well, chemistry is really, really hard for me. How do you get better at something that's really hard? You just do more of it. So I decided to double major in biology and chemistry. Um, definitely more of a biologist than chemist, but value both of those degrees greatly. And that's how I'm here today. So you double majored. Is that, mm -hmm. is that a bachelor and a master's or is that two bachelors or what is it? Two bachelors. Yeah. Two bachelors. Yeah. And What's your trajectory school-wise from here? So um, I am applying to medical school, um, but I found out actually last week that I got into a master's program at Johns Hopkins. Ooh, so I'm that, that's Maryland, off. right? Yeah, Baltimore. Nice. Mm -hmm. Congratulations. Thank I, you. You haven't announced that on your social media yet. I or, have not yet. I or actually, I would have congratulated you already. <laughs> I actually just bought a sweatshirt. I want to do like a whole, you know, wear the sweatshirt and be like, hey, guess what, guys? Like one of those posts, announcement posts. Awesome. Hey, yeah. well, sincerely, congratulations. <laughs> Johns you. Hopkins is, yes. uh, that's a place, man. That, it is. If you're pre-med or if you're planning on doing anything with the life sciences, mm -hmm. that's your school. Yes. Yeah. So sweet. Yeah. Well, I'm glad uh, I, I heard it first. Yeah. Uh, this this episode won't be out for probably a couple of weeks. So Yeah. So you, you need to get that out before I do. Oh, absolutely. The sweatshirt should be here tomorrow. <laughs> I'm ready. <laughs> All right. Good. So, um, but talk, let's switch a little bit from like a biographical mm -hmm. to, to more of an ideological. What is, what is it about your, 
um, education that you want other people. And I assume you would want to uh, encourage girls and women to get their educations as well. Mm-hmm. What is it about education for you? Um, for me, it for me, education is very freeing. You have the ability to say, I don't know this, but I'm here to learn this. I'm here to understand. And that um, translates into a social perspective in on social media, interactions with family and friends. If you're always willing to listen and learn and, you know, it, it could be something that you know nothing about and have never heard of before. And you just you just want to know the basics or you want to understand somebody's perspective. It's it just helped me feel more comfortable saying, I don't know this, but let me find out. Um, and that's why I love with my education, how diverse it is and how much I've learned in all the different things, hats that I've had my hands in um, is just learning how people experience these things that I'm also experiencing and learning. And the networking that you do while you're in school, the people that you meet, I mean, a lot of opportunities that I've had have come from people that I sat next to in class and just cracked a joke at something funny the professor said. And then, you know, next thing I know, he's calling me up telling me to apply for this master's program because he thinks it fits. And there I go. So it's just it's full of opportunity. And it's so freeing. And you learn so many cool things. And it's like, it's kind of fun. You have like little party tricks and little facts and information that you can tell people when you meet them. And I just, I love it. And, and helping people learn. That's the other thing is ITA, that 1610 biology class that, um, you know, ch- kind of changed the trajectory of my career. Um, and seeing light bulbs go off when students don't understand something. And I say one thing differently and they're just like, <gasps> Oh my gosh, I get it. You I just get, get so excited. Yeah. And and everything starts to click and and just seeing that happen is is truly amazing, knowing that you can help people in that way. Well, I know you're passionate about little facts and stuff that you can say at parties, although none of my facts are good at parties. I you had a contest and you were giving away gift cards for people who said good facts. And I said one that you didn't think of before. Yeah. And I want a gift card from you. So thank you. Yeah. yeah. I just, I mean, I like to engage with people and, and that's what I have always loved about you, Greg, is that I'll say something and you're just so engaging and you just send me a little DM and we end up talking for a little while. And it's always about the most random stuff. Like you called me out about physics once. Cause I said something and you were like, actually it's this. And I was like, wait, what? Yeah, I'm the well actually guy. If, <laughs> yeah. if you want me to like, if you want to say something, you shouldn't say it in my presence unless you want to go, unless you want me to go. Well, actually, <laughs> I'm I'm a lot of fun at parties. Uh, yeah. See, all the all the fun <laughs> party facts that I know are kind of dirty, so I can't share those. But yeah, this is this is a clean podcast. <laughs> yeah, we'll keep it PG. Yeah, but it's about physics. Yeah. And chemistry and mm-hmm. biology and computer science. Absolutely. Yeah. So, so how do you square all that? I mean, I think you're fascinating mentally, like the things you talk about in your social media, Mm -hmm. the things that uh, I know about you, I just, just your mind works. And that's really, really cool. How does that square with, with the modeling and the modeling coordinator? I mean, (laughs) like that's, these are diametrically opposed, you would think, but I, I think they go together pretty well, but you know, it's not something you would expect somebody to to do both of. Right, right. Um, the modeling 
is kind of interesting. I had always wanted to be a model since I was a little girl, but my parents didn't want to put me in it because they'd heard horror stories about, you know, teen models and things like that. So when Mm -hmm. I was finally able to model, um, I was convinced that I was going to move to New York when I was 18 and I was going to be a model and, you know, I was going to do whatever I had to do to get there. And then I kind of fell into this world of academia and tech and you know, that obviously changed, but I stayed modeling um, locally in Salt Lake City. And Salt Lake City is very much small Lake City. Like everybody seems to know everybody, which is interesting. <laughs> Somewhat. Yeah. Um, but I, the reason I loved modeling so much was because it, every single shoot was completely different. You could do the exact same concept with the exact same outfit, exact same makeup, but the photographer and how they capture the images create such a vastly different story and so you never do the same thing again um, no matter how hard you try to recreate it um, and so thinking about all of the key pieces and, and and this is where my I overthink everything and analyze everything and want to learn everything um, there's so many key players in making a successful photo shoot from the photographer to hair and makeup to the lighting to you know what you're wearing the designer to the model to the location there's just so much to it and um i absolutely loved learning all of the different pieces and how i could help assist with those things like i would constantly ask the makeup artist okay what what would help you with me being a model to make your job easier and they're like take good care of your skin and so i started you know looking into skincare um but just overanalyzing all of that stuff is just kind of who I am and why I also love modeling so much because there is a creative aspect to it, but there is a lot of planning and prepping and um, troubleshooting on set and um, making sure that everything is perfect and working well together. And I just love that universe. So it's kind of my escape and my outlet, but I still get to exercise my brain while I'm doing it. That's so, that's a really good answer. I, I, yeah. I'll just leave it there. <laughs> that was fascinating. What, what, it, what is it about other creatives that, um, like, what do you look for in, in collaborators and, and other creatives? Um, I like working with people who have a vision. Um, models are very much told that we're a blank canvas and we are there to um, bring a vision to life. And um, so we, we aren't often taught a lot about how to envision and come up with these photo shoot ideas and and help progress them. We're taught to just show up, put on the stuff, put on the makeup, um, and and sell it. Um, so I love when creatives come with a, a vision and they share it before the shoot. It's so much easier for me as a model to come up with posing ideas, come up with, you know, how I plan to move during the shoot, come up with some crazy ideas of my own. Um, so that I can really, really make that vision come to life. And um, people who are passionate, definitely. And you you can tell when somebody's just kind of doing it because they're like, this is what I have to do to get out there. And people who actually do it because they, they care and they're passionate about it. So that, yeah, that that's what I would look for in a, in a creative. If I, you know, want to shoot with somebody, which has happened a lot in the past, um, I say, you know, I really like your work. I think it's great if there are any concepts or ideas that you've been wanting to do. Um, I'm, I'm down to collaborate with you. I usually get the response. Well, what did you have in mind? What do you want to do? Do you have a vision board? 
And I'm just like, I can send you one of my vision boards, but and then, you know, it's not what they want to do or something like that. And we never end up shooting. So I, I really like working with people who um, either come to me with a vision and they're like, you fit what we need. Or, oh, yeah, I have this thing that I wanted to try. Do you want to go do that? And I'm just like, hell yeah, let's do it. Um, yeah, I'd, I'd say that's that's who I like working with. Cool. Yeah. And and I feel the same way. I, f- I feel like and I think this is an extension of kind of what you said. As I shoot with people as a photographer, I think the rapport between um, me and the model has way more to do with the success of the shoot than any conceptual planning beforehand. I mean, not that mm-hmm. that's not important, Yeah. but we have to get along and we have to kind of unite in, in, in creating together. Absolutely. And so rapport is, that's huge for me. And, and hopefully I'm doing a good job. <laughs> Just read my reviews page on my website and see if anybody agrees with me. Um, uh, so model coordinator, I mean, that's literally what your Instagram says right mm-hmm. now, right yeah. this second is model coordinator. T- I mean, tell me about that. What, what do you coordinate? Um, so the coordinator position is kind of a anything that has to do with models. You manage it. You handle it. Um, and I fell into that position uh, years ago. I was at a, a runway show and my dad, God bless his soul. I love that man. He taught me if something needs to be done, you do it. So um, okay. I'm sitting around as a model watching this model coordinator who's pregnant running from room to room trying to find people and get people in hair and get people in makeup and so I just walked up to her and I was like sit down who do you need and she was like I need this person and then I was like okay and so I just started assisting her um, rather than just sitting around and waiting for my turn to get hair and makeup done because I'm sure you know models sit around a lot Uh at fashion shows it's mostly what you do Um, so I just started helping her and then um the next year she wasn't around and they'd remembered how much I was a help. And they said, Hey, do you want to come model coordinate? And I was like, I mean, I don't know how, but sure, let's do it. Like trial by fire. And you do all of the castings. So you um, arrange the, the castings, the location, the time you, the, the networking, the marketing. Um, and then after the castings, you go through all of the people and you start selecting um, based on the requirements of the designers. And then you have to pair all of these people with the designers, but it gets tricky because you can't have so many people backstage. So you have to have models in multiple sets, but then you have to time it and they have to fit the clothes. And it's just this giant freaking puzzle of, you know, what model can wear what and when. It's like Tetris for people. (laughs) Yeah, it gets pretty insane. And then, you know, day of the show when models don't show up or hair and makeup is Uh. late or you know, yada, yada, and you've got a bunch of models standing around, you have to coordinate that and figure that out and make sure they're fed and everybody's happy. And it's really fun. So how, how often do you do that? I mean, is that a yearly thing or do you do that for multiple um, fashion shows? Um, it, for the past few years, has been yearly. Um, but the company that I work with, uh, Fashion Weeks of Utah, wants to start doing um, seasonal shows. They want more fashion in Utah. Um, because Utah is, I feel like a hidden gem. There's a lot of great talent here, um, that has been untapped. And so and we're somewhat hoping. misdirected too, right? Yes, absolutely. I mean, there's, the, it, if you model in Utah, you're kind of typecast into like the really good, you know, girl next door type thing. We don't have a lot of edgy. We don't have a lot of, um, 
shocking fashion like they do in LA and New York and and things like that but we do we do have that it just isn't being acknowledged so I'm hoping that bringing more fashion to Utah and doing this more frequently and staying relevant um, will be able to have a, a bigger fashion community here in town well, as, a, as a photographer I am on board 100% I think anything to do with the visual arts and anything to do with um, just creativity in general, I'm, mm-hmm. I'm generally in favor of, I, I want to see Utah be a, a kind of a beacon for everywhere else. Mm-hmm. And Utah's growing in the tech corridor. And I think mm-hmm. that will bring some, I think that'll bring some, you said edgy, but I, I think I would say diversity mm-hmm. in, in the types of people who, who come here because of the tech corridor. Absolutely. Um, and, I, and I can't wait. I mean, mm-hmm. people need opportunities and they need to know that not just that there are opportunities, but they need to know how to get those opportunities and take charge mm-hmm. of their potential within various fields. I agree. I agree. Well, good. We agree <laughs> for once, right? Once, just one time. Yeah. So <laughs> anyway, I just, I, I love this, these multifaceted pieces of you. Um, let's talk about go-go dancing. (laughs) (laughs) That's been a while. I think, Uh, I I think, well, actually, let me ask one question first. When you were talking about fashion, you were talking about LA and New York Mm -hmm. and maybe I want to ask you what, what do you think you identify with more the LA scene or the New York scene? New York. And why? Um, LA tends to be, um, more of a blonde beach wave surfer girl type scene you know where everyone's modeling hurley and and things like that board shorts surf outfits um and new york city tends to be the more high fashion i mean i'm six feet tall for god's sakes i stand out and in new york city all of their models are super super tall like i am and super thin and uh when i had really really short hair i was considered edgy um and would never be successful in LA, but New York would absolutely have loved me. But uh, yeah, they're two really distinct industries, I think. Um, and I would probably go with New York for sure. I would definitely say that I can see that for sure. Mm-hmm. I think you've got some of the best fashion sense I've seen, like for people around Utah for for fashion sense. I've told you so. Yeah. Just you look great all the time, you know. The, the clothes you wear and the way you wear them just seems very East Coast to me, for sure. Yeah, thank you. Yeah, you and I can tell you try, but but man, if you haven't seen, you got to go to Kat's um, Instagram page. She's just awesome. <laughs> so her Instagram handle is Wildcat in the Hat. Is that right? Yes, that's correct. Any weird spellings there? Nope, just exactly how it sounds. So Wildcat in the Hat, you'll know you'll found her when her last name is Wandvik. Mm-hmm. And my goodness, she's just got just fabulous fashion sense. And I just want to say that. Okay, Thank so, you. but let's talk about this go-go dancer thing, because okay. I guarantee it. Did you grow up in Utah? Yeah. So growing up in Utah mm-hmm. and being a go-go dancer does not seem like it goes, because I don't know if you've been here, listeners, but this is not a place that has a lot of clubs. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> so. So talk about how you got into that and, and what that did for you. Or was it just a fun thing or was it a career? Or I mean, Talk uh, about it a little bit. Yeah. Uh, for me, I kind of fell into go-go dancing. Um, I When I was younger, I always wanted to be a dancer. 
um, but I come from a relatively poor family and they couldn't keep me in any sort of sports or dance or gymnastics. Mm. Um, but I always wanted to do it. And back then you don't really have, I mean, you have the internet, but you don't have like dance tutorials and TikTok dances that you can do and, and things like that. Um, and when I was 16 and I was in my little rebel stage, I started going to raves and that was really exciting. My dad was really happy about it. Um, and I kept going to these raves and these concerts and there were these dancers on stage that just looked like they were having so much fun. And there was this one specific dancer, her name's Tilly. She was so friendly and so nice. And she would always say not, um, hi to me. And when she came down and I'd get a picture with her and she was just fantastic, fantastic person too. And when I turned 18, I decided I'm going to audition to go-go dance. And I didn't know how, I didn't know what I was doing. So I messaged her on Facebook and asked her if she, if I like paid for her monthly membership, if she would uh, go to Gold's Gym with me and we could dance in the dance room and she could teach me some stuff. And she was like, sure, why not? So she started teaching me how to go-go dance. And then I auditioned for the team that she was on and I made the team that she was on. It's a company called V2. They throw most of the major concerts and shows here in Salt Lake City. And uh, I just started go-go dancing at every show that they threw. There were a couple a month. Um, I would show up. They'd give us outfits. We'd all get ready together, all of the girls. It was just a lot of fun. And uh, I absolutely love the energy. Dancing in front of thousands of people can be terrifying, but the adrenaline is just insane. Um, and I even had my dad and my mom come to a show once because they were like, you're basically a stripper. And I was like, no, I'm not. So I made them come to a show with me um, and see what I did. And they said, okay, you seem like you're having a lot of fun. It's not hurting anybody. Fine. You can do it. Um, and then I just, yeah, I go-go danced for probably five or six years. Um, and but, that's during college? Uh, I stopped right before I went to college. Right, okay. Yeah, well, eh, right before I went to the U. Okay. Is when I stopped. Okay. Um, but yeah. Well, that's sweet. <laughs> like, like, what's the best show you've ever been to? I mean, I know you're a performer as mm -hmm. well, but I'm assuming you're performing for traveling groups. Like, yes. what's the best show you ever part of? Um, so most of the shows that I danced for were EDM artists. Okay. Um, I've danced for Dead Mouse. I've danced for Benny Benassi. I've danced for Cascade. Um, if you're into EDM music, those are some really big names. Um, I've danced for Cruella, it, uh, Mac Miller. I actually danced for Mac Miller. Um, but yeah, there, there are some really big, incredible shows with some really big name, mostly DJs that come out, um, sometimes rappers. Wow. So what, mm -hmm. what's your biggest audience? Um, I think the biggest audience was 8,000 people, 9,000 people, something like that. Sheesh. Yeah. No, so. no stage fright? No, it's. It's incredible because I had a really hard time performing as a teen for, you know, musical theater or drama or whatever I was doing or choir. But with go-go dancing, I just, I get up there and I, I don't black out the world, but nothing really else matters, I guess. I don't really know how else to describe it. And I don't really see people. I just am there doing my thing. And I... I actually really miss it. I was talking to my friends about it the other day. I should just start go-go dancing, but it's COVID, so yeah, nope. Yeah, <laughs> for real. Well, um, you just graduated, so you have a little more time than you used to. I, mm -hmm. I said go for it. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> um, yeah, I, just, I think what you're talking about with that uh, 
the blackout thing is yeah um i'm a stage for performer as well mm-hmm. i i you know more of a singer than than anything else but the one thing i noticed is the shows where i would start feeling self-conscious never went well like mm-hmm. i had to kind of just let myself be stupid and just let my brain turn off and just mm-hmm. go yeah um and those shows went really well um i've I've had people, I've come off stage and had, had friends tell me, man, when you said blah, 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 I was laughing so hard. And I was like, I don't remember saying blah, 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 you know? Yeah. I don't have any specific examples right now, but you know, I totally just kind of let myself be a fool. And in my regular life, I'm super buttoned up. I don't want to make any mistakes or be embarrassed by Mm -hmm. anything, but I think you have to let yourself just kind of, like you say, black out. Yeah on stage or else you can tell when somebody's not um comfortable on stage and yeah nobody's comfortable when their performers are not comfortable <laughs> absolutely yeah i mean that's that's a really good way to describe it um you can't be afraid to make mistakes because you are going to make mistakes and i've always told my models this when um we cast them for shows we do small trainings on on walking and, and things like that and, and i always tell them that don't be afraid to fall because you're going to fall. At some point, you're going to, you know, turn an ankle, you're going to step down a stair, you're going to do something and you're going to fall. I mean, I did that in Las Vegas in front of a couple thousand people while being broadcast all over the nation. You're going to fall. <laughs> you can't let that like that fear keep you from from doing what you're doing and doing it your best. So, yeah. And do you know what's funny about the fall? Um... I don't, gosh, I wish I remember if it was Miss America or Miss USA of 2019 or 2018, Mm -hmm. but maybe it happened to both of them. I think it might've happened to both of them. Anyway, we can research it later, but I believe that they fell during their gown. Yeah. I remember this. Like, like somebody, but they went on, went on to win. The fall did not prevent them from winning, which is mm-hmm. super important. And the way they reacted to the fall definitely played a part. I'm positive mm-hmm. that, well, and I guess the message for all of us should be that it's okay to make mistakes, mm-hmm. even in public. Yeah. Just point at it and laugh, laugh it off. Mm-hmm. It goes so much better when you, when you try to hide it. It's like trying to fight the internet. Mm-hmm. Like if you become a meme, <laughs> don't fight it. It goes so much more, <laughs> more poorly for you. Uh, but. But rolling with it, rolling with a mistake is a huge mm-hmm. part of growing up, honestly. Absolutely. There's a lot of maturity that comes when you learn to go, you know what? I can't take that moment back. There's mm-hmm. nothing I can do about it. And it's fine. Yeah. I'm going to be fine. Mm-hmm. Everybody's fine. Yeah. And, and if it's a mistake where there was a lesson learned, I mean, what did I learn from that? What did I gain from this experience? Um, I think, I think that's so important. And another thing that I'm, why I'm so passionate about education is you have the ability to make mistakes and be okay and learn from them. Um, so yeah, I'm a, I'm a big advocate for that. I'm trying to teach my younger siblings, all of those words of wisdom now. Do they listen? Uh, sometimes. <laughs> well, hopefully they do listen. So I think I want, I want to end it here because that idea of mistakes is a good chance to learn a lesson is just, that's kind of, life you know Mm -hmm. and i think that there's a lot of wisdom in that and i appreciate you for for communicating that and i appreciate you for coming on the show absolutely thank you so much for having me you're welcome is there anything that uh, we haven't talked about that you'd want to 
get out there before we finish? Oh, man. <laughs> oh, man. Everything, huh? <laughs> no, I, I think, you know, I've talked about myself a lot. This is this is very new and I've really enjoyed it. Um, and just being able to tell my story, I really appreciate the time that you've given me. Yeah, for sure. Thank you. And I want to say that you sound like you've been doing this for a while. Yeah. Um, yeah, you've got a good mm-hmm. voice. You've got a good delivery. And you don't say um nearly as much as I do. So you're already better <laughs> than me at this. Well, thank you. I appreciate that. Maybe I'll start a podcast. Just kidding. I can't build an amazing freaking sound room like you did. Well, Look you at this. You don't have to build a room. You just <laughs> do it in your closet. There. I, I, yeah, maybe. We'll see. Well, and the thing is, and that goes, that's for everybody out there too. You don't have to wait until you have everything you need. Just try it. Yeah. So I'm telling you that, Kat, just try it. Um, And I would love to be a guest one day. Yes, absolutely. (laughs) And we'll we'll record remotely you in Baltimore, me Mm -hmm. in Utah. And and yeah, it'll sound like we're in the same room. Awesome. (laughs) Anyway, Kat, I I do appreciate you. Um, I love my interactions with you and I love the fact that you're just kind of well-rounded but mostly curious. I think that that's the thing that's most fascinating is that you're curious. Mm-hmm. And I think curiosity is the best way to be, well, a genius. So yeah. <laughs> with that, we'll close. Thank you. So as a final thought today, I didn't uh, prepare anything big, so this is going to be really quick, but I just wanted to say whatever you're passionate about, whatever your goals are, whatever your thing is, go chase that thing. Go enjoy yourself. Go find something that gives you satisfaction and do it. For me, it's photography. I found it really late in life. I found it in my mid-40s. Other people start writing books at the age of 60. Some people find their calling when they're 16 years old and they invent something crazy cool. Um, It does not matter what you do. It matters that when you have a dream and you set some goals for it and set goals for its achievement, even the small goals that lead to the bigger goals and go chase it. And if it doesn't work out, that's cool too. Just do something else. Um, But I firmly, firmly believe that it's important that you try something new. And if you love it, keep doing it. If you don't love it, do something else, but uh, find a way to make this world a better place. Be kinder, be good to yourself, take care of your needs and your family um, and others if you can too. If you'd like to send an email to the program, it's photogregor at gmail.com. And if you'd like to uh, reach out in other ways, uh, the best way you could help this program succeed is to refer other people. And that's what I have to say. Thanks for listening. I, I think that's where I want to end it because that's just a fascinating, I mean, that, that's, that's the best thing you could have said is that, um, my gosh, I just lost my train of thought. We'll have to edit this out. What did you just say before you talk about your siblings?